Welcome to Spirit School. My name is Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. I am the host of your Spirit School, where I will share all the lessons and learnings that I have uncovered through my intuitive development and mediumship development journey. I am a professional psychic and medium and intuitive teacher and mentor, and I look forward to walking alongside you on this journey. Hello everyone and welcome back to Spirit School. It's been a little while. It feels like a little while for me because I've posted uh, the past couple episodes or just kind of my lives or some or an interview that's been recorded and I just kind of felt that those were good to share because it's very rare on this podcast that I'm being prompted with deeper inquiries which can bring new insights and inspiration. Whenever people interview me or I am talking Um, you know, on another podcast or even on Instagram live, I'm in spirit in that moment, which just means I'm inspired and spirit is often working through me when I am um, talking in those different engagements. So I thought it was kind of neat to post, sound quality aside. Um, Some exciting things coming up on the podcast next week. I'm going to be posting an episode with me and Tina Conroy, who is the host of the amazing podcast, The Intuitive Woman. She is somebody I really look up to in the podcasting world. She often gets asked to speak at, keynote speak at different conferences like She Podcasts and she has over, you know, almost 300 episodes now and I really look up to the quality that she has on her podcast. So we decided we're really good friends. We met through Lindsay Marino's uh, Mediumship Mastery Circle and we just clicked right away. And I've had her on this podcast and I've been on her podcast, but we decided like, let's just like record an episode together and we'll post it on both of our podcasts. So we just recorded that on Friday of last week and we'll post it next week. So I look forward to sharing that with you. And then very exciting is I went out on a limb like I did with Medium Fleur and I said, I really want to have Anthony Maraca on the podcast because I love his story. I love his energy. I love his vulnerability. And I just think that he is like such an inspiring person to look up to for all mediums because he is so real. He never fluffs things up. And I mean that by he never tries to make himself like appear to be more together or more elevated than anyone else. He's just real. So I sent him a note and I just asked him to be on the podcast. And the funny thing was I never heard back from him. So I was like, okay, well, I get it. You know, he's quite well known now and He's, he's quite a big household name in the mediumship world now. And then he messaged me on Instagram. He's like, Danielle, haven't you got my email? I want to be on spirit school. I was like, what? I literally danced for like half an hour. I was so excited. And we've been talking a little bit in the DMs and we're trying to iron out a date. He is obviously a bit busier than me. <laughs> so we are trying to iron out a date, but it should be pretty soon. And then the next person I'm going to ask, which is kind of my holy grail when it comes to podcast interviews, but Aboriginal medium, Sean Leonard, who has my heart. I still think he is the best medium in the world, and I'm trying to work up the courage to ask him to come on. And I feel like he will. We know each other. Like, I was a student of his for a year and big supporter of him and... I just love everything he does. So I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. I want to talk to him about, you know, both of us kind of discovering our indigenous cultures later in life and how does that tie into our mediumship gifts and how we're supported by the spirit world. 
and yeah so I want to ask him about all that stuff too so some pretty exciting stuff coming up on the podcast you will notice I did not do a June energies for no other reason than I kind of forgot (laughs) to be honest with you I think it was like June 5th before I realized oh my gosh I have not one set my goals for June and two have not done my June energies so I just kind of let it go this month, guys. (laughs) There's no other reason. And even this podcast episode, I've had so many technology issues in the past three days. Like, it is ridiculous. Like, I I got over 2,000 people on my mailing list through that quiz that I did, the, you know, identifying your Claire's quiz. And I managed to delete them all. Yep, you heard that right. Last Tuesday, deleted my entire mailing list. And that was a very stressful experience. And then that same day... I dumped an entire cup of ice water all over my computer, but hear me out, I had just put a waterproof skin over my keyboard and it saved it. I couldn't even believe it. Just a bunch of things. Um, My mouse, I have to like quadruple click everything for it to do anything now. Oh, anyway, so I was like, okay, we're obviously in the shadow phase of Mercury retrograde, which is coming up for us. I'm recording this on Monday. I'm going to post it on Monday because that's how I roll. It's on Wednesday. And I'm the program I launched, the initiation, which I haven't even talked about on this podcast because it sold out in four days on Instagram. I didn't even have time to promote it through my uh, newsletter or or here on the podcast but my initiation which is a six-week mediumship development journey and spiritual entrepreneurship journey um, I took on 22 beautiful souls and I am very excited and that starts on Saturday so these 22 people are going to be joining me for six-week intensive mediumship development boot camp plus getting them kind of the foundation of kind of starting a practice and you know, building a practice offline and online. So I'm really excited for that. But who starts a program at the beginning of Mercury Retrograde? Me, your girl. So it's all going to be good. I'm putting nothing but super positive vibes towards it. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. So that's kind of like the updates because I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in quite a while and I've been doing a lot more interviews lately. I seem to go through phases where I just want to do interviews for a while and then I want to do just solo episodes for a while. So I was like, okay, I really want to talk about this topic around as a reader, when you're doing your practice readings or you're doing your readings, you're newly professional or even if you're five years in, We all experience this where we have sessions that just don't meet our expectations. So I really wanted to talk about this today and it didn't occur to me until about two minutes before I started hitting record that the title could actually be misread as a sitter having a reading not meet expectations, which is much more rare than a reader not having their expectations met. (laughs) Hear that again. (laughs) I'll talk more about that coming up, but... I think it's a really important thing to talk about because as I'm developing this initiation program, which will run again in the fall, I'm starting to really kind of go back to those early days and be like, wow, like what was really frustrating for me back then? Like what did I wish I knew seven years ago that I can teach these people now? And one of the thoughts that came to me were around, you know, Tony or Tony Anthony talked about this on this YouTube video I watched recently, which I rewatched because I've been watching them for many years. 
But he even talked about wanting to quit so many times. And him and Tony Stockwell just did a live together on Facebook a couple weeks ago. And even Tony said, you know, he's like 30 plus years in. He'll do demonstration and he'll get off and be like, okay, well, I think I don't want to do this anymore. Because it doesn't matter how far along you are. You're always going to have sessions, demonstrations, um, experiences that don't meet your expectation. And especially because we end up having experiences as readers of mediums or intuitives, how whatever your gift is and however you show your abilities to the world, we're all going to encounter sessions that leave us feeling a little worse than when we started, <laughs> to be honest with you. So I kind of wanted to talk through a little bit of that today. And the truth of the matter is there is no cookie cutter answer for you. I'm going to give you a bunch of different scenarios and experiences that I've had so that you may feel a little less shitty when this happens to you and it will happen and I want you to remember the things that I talk about and if you have anything to add to them DM me on Instagram I'd love to know your guys' experiences with this too because I always feel like I'm the lone ranger out here kind of like putting myself out um, you know talking about all these very vulnerable things because I know they help you guys I receive dozens of messages a month from you guys saying thank you for talking about that so I'm going to continue to show up if you have this experience where it's like oh well this happened to me I would love to hear about it because again it helps me feel less alone because I want to make sure you guys feel less alone so this was really hard lesson for me early on because I'm a Virgo son. I know you hear that all the time, but we seem to have the ability to suck the fun out of a lot of different experiences with our over analytical minds and our high expectations. And then coupled with our more positive trait of really wanting to serve, right? Virgo is a very heavy service sign. So a lot of my disappointments in myself when it comes to readings that don't meet my expectations is I let the world of spirit down. Now that has shifted because your first while in the mediumship practice and in your development will be kind of from a place of ego. Like yes, your why will be connected to wanting to help people, but it's your reputation on the line. It's your skin in the game. It's your face representing spirit and it's going to take you a long while to kind of disengage from that mindset. Like now I can show up for spirit seven years later, thousands of readings in and be totally okay. Um, you know, being kind of like the face for spirit and my, my reputation is not so much tied to it anymore because I've had enough experience now. It doesn't rock me anymore. But again, I'm thinking about the really, really early days. So your reputation's on the line. You're really still trying to prove to yourself that you have these abilities. And that could take years to fully wake up every day and say, I'm a medium. I am meant to do this. It could take you years to reach that point. It depends on you know, the belief systems that you were raised with or how your parents either supported you or didn't support you. There's so many factors that lead you to the difficulties that you'll have believing in yourself in this mediumship world because in mediumship is a very solo game. You're, you're kind of alone. You're on an island. You know, you definitely meet teachers and you meet some peers, but it doesn't work for any of us the same. It's like a thumbprint. Our communication with the world of spirit and the way that we express the information for the world of spirit is so unique. It's like a thumbprint. So people only get you so far and so deep and I'm finding that the more and more I teach. So you do kind of feel alone 
you are also healing some of these wounds that you have from the past, the not enoughness, the you're not smart, the who are you, the imposter syndrome, again, based off of your life experience. So here's what will happen. You'll go into a reading, practice reading or otherwise, and it will be, wow, like did you feel that? Your heart will be expansive. You'll be so high after you can't like sleep. You just want to like, you know, leap around and like rainbows and unicorns everywhere. The person left like so excited. They told all their friends and you just feel really good. Super in alignment, like covered in shivers. And then you'll get a few readings like that. You're like, wow, this is so amazing. And then you'll get one. And you'll get a reading that it is literally like pulling a rope with like a hundred pound weight on the end. Evidence, evidence, evidence. And then you tend to get more insecure in that setting. So then all you're doing is trying to come up with evidence because you're trying to prove to yourself and try to prove to your sitter that this is real and this is a thing. And this is where our egos kind of get involved. But we don't feel those same sensations from spirit. We don't feel that blend. We don't feel like we touched heaven. We're still kind of in the psychic realm because our ego's involved. And the sitter's kind and generous saying, yeah, okay, I kind of understand that. I'll take that away from me. You get through the whole, 30 45 60 50 minutes whatever your length is and you feel like you freaking just ran a marathon you just were in a boxing ring and you feel like what the hell was that but your sitter left okay thank you that was lovely thank you thank you and you could tell she liked it but compared to the client that left leaping off the stairwells and texting her friends right away and you end up beating yourself up for a long time. You end up ruminating over every single detail, everything. You're remembering everything that you didn't get and you're remembering every, you're like, what the F just happened here? And this, does this, is this triggering anyone right now? (laughs) Anyone kind of feeling like hot in the head, you know? And this, there's a few things I want to say about this. I truly think Sometimes it works awesome and sometimes it doesn't for whatever reason. The way that I have experienced it is, and every year I'll probably bump up because I do hundreds of readings a year. I'll probably have like maybe a handful of those types of readings in a year, um, which isn't too bad. In my first few years, I maybe had just like five in the first few years because I wasn't reading as much. I was only doing like, you know, maybe four to 10 readings a month. And with my experience from it, I truly feel mediumship being the three-way link, you got to show up all right and ready to go, whatever that means to you. And that will also depend on where you're at in your development. Maybe some of you prepare for an hour a week. Some of you might prepare for 15 minutes, right? Nothing's wrong. Nothing's right. Nothing's better than. It's your process and you have to decide what works for you. Spirit's always ready to go, but sometimes we will get a spirit communicator who is either new to the spirit world, still integrating into that space, maybe hasn't communicated through a medium before. I heard that response and I will tell you that only half sits with me for some reason. Like even as I talk about it right now, 
I just feel that they know how to communicate with us. So I've heard other teachers talk about it like this. I'm not 100% sold on it, but I wanted to offer it to you guys as a solution. To me, I feel like the spirit world's ripe and ready. All they need to do is blend their aura with us and we receive the information through our clairs and through our worldly references. You know, I think when the prerequisites of being a medium is having a well-lived life because you need to have all these references to work with. But I will say that I have had a very willing sitter sit in front of me and her dad came through and she did not want to hear from her dad. So there was a real struggle in communicating there and I don't think it was his will because he showed up and he was the first one to show up. I feel like it was her, my sitter's kind of resistance to wanting to hear from this individual or surprised. <laughs> it's like you came to a medium. <laughs> Why are you surprised? Like, I don't know who, who comes through or what the divine intelligence or purpose behind it is, but that was a real struggle reading for me. And I couldn't, I, I couldn't recover from that, um, in that setting. And it was a bummer because it was a friend's mom and it was a gifted reading. And I will also say, I have never had a reading that was gifted or through a gift certificate, what I do not do anymore. That was good. <laughs> All, and I will be teaching this in the initiation. Do not do gift cards. Do not do, you know, gifted readings. Anyone who comes to me saying, oh, I want to get a reading for my mom. Like, yeah, you talk to your mom. If your mom is a thousand percent willing to do this, let's talk. But I always send people back. It's just my experience is they're just like not in it as opposed to somebody who you know, seeks me out, looks at my schedule, waits the wait, and then comes really excited and open and ready to go. There's such an energetic difference between that and then somebody who was just given a reading at Christmas, right? They kind of come in like, well, I don't know what this is. And I don't know, like, what are you going to tell me? And that energy is so hard to kind of read through. You need a clear channel. So I digress. But going back to that, I feel like much of the struggle to communicate and why some readings may not meet the expectation is actually because of the sitter. And I would have never have said this four years ago. And I was at a Tony Stockwell retreat and he, he said it in a very hilarious way. He, you know, made this connection in a demonstration, he kind of struggled through it and was like, okay, well, I'm going to move on and delivered the message and the lady could claim it, but it wasn't a super strong connection compared to the rest. And she approached him after the dem and said, yeah, that was my mom, but it was like, you know, not super clear. And he's like, well, honey, that's your fault. <laughs> exactly how he said it and we all like burst out laughing he's one of the funniest guys ever and he's kind of right it's I look back at some of the readings that I had a struggle with and I honestly felt like their expectations were um somewhere else and you know I had this reading that I did um two years ago it was and I'd read for her before she wanted to connect with the same person and I came up with I thought pretty phenomenal evidence um, of her, their past, of things that they have seen since they've been gone, of things that they're, she's contemplating and these moves and shifts in her life that she's wanting to make. And at the end, she said, well, I just don't know, Danielle. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry. Because you feel bad, right? You're like, I'm so sorry. I feel awful. And this was a free reading too, I should say. Um, I do some compassion readings for some families that have had tragic losses. Um, I have about five families that I read for every year. And um, anyways, and she was like, well, you didn't talk about XXX. And 
you know, we just had 50 beautiful minutes together where, you know, her, the spirit she wanted to connect with came through pretty clearly from my standards. And she couldn't buy into any of it because I didn't say the one thing that she wanted to hear, hear about. And the truth is when she told me what it was, I was like, I don't even know how I would ever get that. <laughs> like if somebody showed me that, I would probably like be like, whatever, that's just my imagination <laughs> and totally blow it over because it was so random. Um, and I just didn't have a reference for it. So some of the readings that don't meet your expectations, I want you to think about how you told your sitter to come prepare. I have actually learned that if I tell, and I do this with my students all the time, and my practice sitters who come, I said, okay, the day before and a couple hours before, I want you to talk to your loved ones. I want you to talk to the ones that you want to hear from the most. And ever since I started doing that, and I used to always do that, in this email that I would send people on how to prepare for a session, but nobody was reading it. And so I just kind of like took it down. And then I started this year telling people again, like, you know, think about your loved ones, talk to them, to ask them that you really want them to come through. Lo and behold, they show up for a reading. They're the first spirits that come through. Um, and that's not for every case. I have no idea why somebody wants to hear from like a friend from the past and then their grandparent comes through. Like, I don't know why or how spirit kind of aligns that I just trust that they do align that for whatever reason and I have my own personal experience on somebody I was trying to connect with for 10 years that didn't come through for 10 years but it was the only reason why I went to go see mediums was to connect with this one person and they didn't come through for 10 years until I was actually stepping into my mediumship path fascinating um to, to think about that but and so I am actually easier on myself when it comes to this because I have been the sitter and I I have you know waited for 10 years to hear from somebody I really wanted to hear from and I just trust spirit has a divine plan for that so those are just kind of like a couple examples there's other ones too where and you guys are going to totally know what I'm talking about who are out there doing readings but like you'll do a reading and the person leaves great and you feel good and then an hour later you're like oh and you start thinking about everything you didn't get or everything that wasn't understood. And you're just ruminating and you're torturing yourself and you're living in suffering. Um, for whatever reason, you know, I think it's natural and I think it's normal. But what I have had to learn to do, and I don't do this anymore, but for years I did, absolutely years. And I did give up readings once, um, well twice because once I almost died. And then the other time was because I had a, a client who was so rude and so she was basically just like shut up and read right worst like absolutely worst and I had a good corporate job I'm like why the hell would I do this work if people are going to treat me like that and it was the most angering experience I've ever had as a reader and I gave up readings for almost six months I was like forget it like just forget it between me torturing myself me only feeling like half good about doing this and then getting people like that forget it <laughs> That's totally where I was at. I was like done. And then, you know, it all lined up. Spirit has a funny way of drawing you back in. And then you end up having like months of beautiful experiences. You're like, this is my life. And then you'll get another sitter that's like a little bit more difficult. Or, you know, I've had sitters too who um, have over talked me. And 
you know, I talk quite fast because I'm not a channel. I am a channel, but I'm not channeling because I'm fully conscious of everything that's coming through. But I am in a flow state with spirit. I am receiving information so quickly that I feel like I have to speak it quickly, which is why I record all my sessions. And I have had clients and some of the other struggle readings that I've had were clients who just talked more than me and I talk a lot or just wanted to talk. I've actually had clients who have booked sessions with me that just talk for the whole 45 minutes and I'm like, okay, well, this must be what they needed. <laughs> and I've learned to do that too. But there's, you know, and that's with me definitely holding my authority and like, you know, having control of the session, but I could just feel like, okay, they just need to talk here. Let's let, let's give them airspace because they need to work this out. And I'm a coach too. So I'm like, you just booked the wrong session. <laughs> You should have booked a coaching session. We would have had an hour. Uh, but those readings can be really hard to stay connected to spirit. And after those, you will kind of feel a little bit drained and you'll kind of feel again what TF happened. So those are kind of examples. What else am I wanting to say about this? I really just kind of wanted to talk about... Um, you know, the torture that we do put ourselves through as readers. And one of the tips that I have to kind of like end the suffering is being, okay, you're going to ruminate. Hopefully you're one of those positive biased people who ruminates about how amazing you are, but that's not always the case when we're readers. So what I recommend is you have a timer. You do your sessions and you say, okay, I will give you one hour to think about this and then you let it go and you move on. And you literally move on. And that has really worked well for me because you have to live your life. Spirit doesn't want you to not enjoy this work. And we will find a way to kill the joy. <laughs> so mark my words, set a timer and then stop ruminating and move on. Another thing I really wanted to say around this is, and this has been my experience like a handful of times, it seems like every time I have somebody who's like a bit of an influencer sit in front of me, and I mean more in town, not like online, because only, I've only really kind of ventured out online for the past like year and a half, but my first, you know, five years of practice were in person only, and they were always the readings that I didn't have the shivers, I didn't have that you know, the magnificent reading, um, all the feels. It was it was those readings that just kind of were like, yeah, oh, it was nice. Yeah, you came up with a lot, great messages, great. Like there's no other way I can describe it. There are some that are like electrifying. It's like you touched heaven. And then there are some that just feel earthly. They just feel like, okay, we did a good job today, but it would have been nice to feel all the feels, right? Hopefully you guys understand that when I'm talking about. I know some of you are nodding your head like, yes, Danielle, I get it. Other people are like, what? <laughs> Trust me, you'll know. You'll know. And um, I always felt like I totally shit the bed. I was like, well, that sucked. Damn. Oh, well, you know, and I wasn't oh well back then. I would think about it for years, literally years. And every single one of them booked a second session with me, which then led me to believe, I don't think our sitters are that disappointed. I don't think that the readings that we feel did not meet our expectations. I don't think our sitters had that same experience because the sitters, they don't know what we feel or how we feel it. And they can't tell the energetic difference between two readings ago, it was like, you were communicating in heaven all with one another versus now where it just feels a little bit more claircognizance, I could say. They're just coming through thoughts. 
not so much of that clairsentient, that feeling, those cobwebs, the shivers, the goosebumps. And I have learned over the years that often our sitters leave very happy and none the wiser on our experience. And we literally have to remind ourselves we did the best we could. I showed up with a full heart, with good intentions, the, as good as intentions as every other time I've shown up to work for spirit. And sometimes you just have to say, I did the best I could. And just trust that you made the world of spirit proud. I think I would have a harder time as a reader, and I would never do this. But say you had a connection that you were kind of like fluffing up or overcompensating with charm or overcompensating with who knows, right? I would have a harder time with that because... I would feel like I've been letting the world of spirit down. Like I'm representing the work, I'm representing them. And I have had sessions where I've had to stop them. I've had to say, you know what? Uh, you haven't understood the first few communicators that came in. And so I just don't think that I'm your medium. I don't think that I'll be able to make this connection for you. And I will stop the reading after 10 minutes, provide a full refund, send them on their way. Everyone's happy. Um, the only time I stepped out of my integrity in my seven years was that very difficult client I mentioned earlier where I did the same thing. You know what? I think 10 minutes in, I don't think I'm your reader. Um, I just am not connecting clearly enough for you. So I offered to end the session and she's like, no, 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 keep going, keep going. And I mean, I went against my better judgment and I kept the reading going and it ended up being Obviously a very traumatic tale because I'm still talking about it years later. I think it was like three and a half, four years ago. Um, so still quite new into my my journey. But, um, you know, there's nothing to say that if you're truly not feeling connected to the sitter, there's nothing to say you have to do it. You are not going to be everybody's reader. And I think that everyone will end up having an experience like this because you will, one, need to learn your boundaries. Two, need to know how to grow a pair to be able to uphold those boundaries. And then just kind of show the spirit world that you have these ethics and integrity. So I do feel each and every one of us will encounter that experience. And if you do remember I said that, it is better to end the session. It is better to kind of just say, you know, this does happen for whatever reason. I cannot explain. And... Yeah, it happens to all of us. And that's kind of how you hold your vibration up through those experiences. Um, I've only had three readings like that where I've had to kind of be like, yeah, I don't think I'm your medium. I don't think that um, this is going to connect. But the big moral of the story, there's actually a few. Number one, don't have any expectations. Literally show up with an open heart, a service mindset, spirit, how may I serve you today? My my aura is clear, my chakras are cleansed, my heart is full and expanded. How can I serve you today? Show up in your readings like that. Don't show up with, I'm going to get X, Y, Z in evidence and this message and blah, blah, blah. Because I think that's the first thing that happens when we don't meet our expectations is we have them. <laughs> and I've said this before and I'll say it again, expectations are the thief of joy. There's that. And then there's a big lesson that I had, which I actually cleared last year, which was I was so connected and I was so attached to the outcome of the session for my sitter. So I would 
come into reading scared because I was so invested in the experience of my sitter. And yes, 100%, we should totally be for sitters. They're the one who paid us after all. But the truth of the matter is you work for spirit. And so I switched my mindset there and just said, I just trust spirit that you align this client with me for a reason. I'm going to stay with you and we are going to do some wonderful things today. So if one of your fears around expectations going into readings is, is the person going to like you? Is the person going to think you're great? Is the person going to compare you to another reader that they've had or Teresa Caputo on TV? You got to let that shit go. You got to literally let that go and really thank your sitter's energy and their soul for being guided to work with you, but let go of the outcome of their experience. That was a real tough one for me to learn, but ever since I let that go, it's been good. It's been a lot better without a doubt. And to all the sitters out there, you know, we're all sitters too. Even as mediums, we get readers and we all have kind of like bad habits and I really encourage you to just talk to your loved ones in advance of a session. Even if you're interested in seeing a medium, um, just saying, you know, can you help inspire me to what medium will best connect with your energy? And just allow the, the guidance to come and the person to appear in your visions in some way, shape, or form. And really come with a super open mind and an open heart. I am not a medium who works with skeptics well. The skeptic energy for me is really hard to penetrate. So the readings always suck when I am working with somebody who's skeptical because I'm just like, why is it like, like literally walking through mud right now? It's like, ugh, like literally you can't see me, but I'm like pulling on that rope. And it's often because my sitter's testing me or the sitter's like really unsure. But I've priced myself now to, point where I'm not getting the looky lose anymore at like $90 and $125. I was getting a lot of these folks where they just were curious and wanted me to prove to them what I did. And so I had to kind of end up pricing myself out of that demographic because I wanted people who are fully invested. So I'm very lucky that in my practice, I really attract people who are just open hearted. Danielle, whatever comes through, I am totally open to and yeah I mean it's it's a good thing to do you want to take care of your energy right and that's going to be way more preserving on your energy so as a reader you can you know use spirit and your spirit team to help align amazing clients that you will have an energetic resonance with and sitters same thing open heart open mind be open to receiving anything because there's a lot of pressure for the medium especially those first few years and they don't need more pressure And you will help them be a clear channel if you don't cross your arms, if you have a smile on your face, if you're truly excited to be there. Even if you're in a state of grief, you can still come with an open heart and, you know, a joyous disposition in the sense where you could end up having this beautiful connection with your loved one. So yeah hopefully this helps people me kind of talking about this I hope it does it would have helped me many years ago without a doubt but you know look at your expectations and where do they come from who put them on you are they your stories I don't think so 
I don't think they're your stories. And, you know, expectations are usually attached to fear. And you know I love talking about fear. I actually have people hiring me right now to coach them through fear. And I think that's where my career is kind of going, to be honest with you. And it's a great joy for me. And I, I just think that, you know, fear is just false evidence appearing real. So where did these stories originate from? If you're really scared that people won't take you seriously or that they won't believe you, who was the first person that made you feel that you weren't trustworthy or you weren't truthful? Go back and heal that version of yourself. I'm doing this work very deeply with my daughter. I'll tell you an example. Fear is really easy to get over, to be honest with you. And, you know, my daughter just last, or just two nights ago, she saw something that really scared her. She's always been into scary stuff. She was three years old watching A Night Before Christmas. Like she, nothing scared her, but she saw this like spider that got infected and got red eyes and she got really scared. And so before bed, she told me how scared she was. And she was like, can I just stay with you or can you stay in bed with me all night? And I said, you know, Katie, I'm like, what scared you about that spider? What did that spider look like? And I would ask her the questions over and over again. And as she would answer them, well, they had red eyes and they were scary and they were yelling. I, I made her tell it to me about 10 times. I'm like, okay, well, what scared you? And, and as she told the story, I could feel her fearful energy falling. And I said, see, Katie, Jane, it's not so scary now, is it? She's like, no, it doesn't feel very scary now. I said, no, because you faced your fear and you took away its power. And I said this exactly to her. I'm like, you took fear's power away because you looked it in the eyes and you told it what scared you. And she went to bed that night. Fine. Didn't come into my room until I got her. She sleeps with me. So I bring her to bed when I go to bed, but she didn't wake up. And I asked her if she had any nightmares. She had no nightmares. And here's the truth. You're scared of something. Look it in the eyes. Take away its power by telling it why it scares you. What's the worst thing that's going to happen if you don't meet someone's expectations? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Come up with your very worst fear, worst case scenario, and then think about it until it doesn't scare you anymore. Take its power away. Dissipate that charge. And you'll be good. Okay, you need to look that fear. You cannot avoid it. And if you get to experience like I had where you just said enough is enough, I'm not having fun anymore. Sure, take a break. I'm a huge advocate of breaks in mediumship. I'm taking one all of August, all of January. I take two months off readings a year um, and I do more coaching and mentoring during those times. But if you ever feel like you want to give up, take a small break, but you got to get back into it. I even encourage you if you hit a session that really bums you out, you should do another one right away. Don't waste. Make haste. (laughs) I'm so medieval. Make haste. Do another reading and do it right away and let spirit prove to you those one-off sessions are going to be very rare, but they will happen and you will survive and you will overcome and you will become more courageous and a better medium for it. So listen to me sisters listen and brothers I got a lot of male listeners out there so shout out to you guys too cool all right guys love you lots hope you enjoyed this episode